This is From Lost to Hope, and this is your host, Jackie Stubblefield. I walk alongside with you who've lost loved ones, health, or home to a place of hope as we study and trust in the truth of God's Word. This is episode one where I share with you why I began this podcast. As I began to rouse from sleep, I wondered what was banging in my ears. My heavy eyes began to open, and I realized somebody was knocking very loudly on the back door. My nephew, Justin, was shouting at me, Aunt Jackie, Anna's been hurt. Call Christy. I grabbed my phone with trembling hands, called, and immediately asked, What's wrong? My husband and I rushed to the hospital, finding our sweet granddaughter Anna unconscious, barely hanging on to life. She had been riding a four-wheeler when the driver decided to move onto the street from the grassy area. Going too fast, she missed the curve. The four-wheeler flipped and landed atop Anna, pinning her under its heavy weight. Before it could be removed, Anna quit breathing. We do not know how long she was without oxygen, but when help did arrive, they did CPR for eight minutes before she was resuscitated. That's a very long time to be without oxygen. Anna's condition was very fragile, and the trauma doctors were not optimistic. She had no insurance, so there was not any of the doctors to see her. She probably would never awaken and remain in a vegetative state. The result, brain injury. A vibrant, beautiful, 21-year-old life had been wiped out in a moment of carelessness. A few days after the accident, something unexpected happened. Anna opened her eyes. Christian were joyous. Maybe the doctors were mistaken and there could be some hope on the horizon. That incident encouraged our broken heart. We knew she would never be herself again, but were determined to do everything we could for her best. Anna was moved to a nursing home. Taking her home was out of the question because she was still considered critical. I stayed during the day with help from my sister and Brenda, a friend from church. Christy would go after work. Anna was unable to move any part of her body. She had a trach to help her breathe and needed to be moved regularly. Her eyes were open, but response was minimal. One of the hardest problems was she cried all the time. Christy and I were constantly trying to comfort her without any solution. It was heart-wrenching. Days turned into weeks, weeks into months. We tried to stay optimistic that there would be some kind of sign of progress. Her hands and legs were drawing inward. In therapy, she would cry even more as they slowly tried to pry her arms and legs back into normal position. We held on to the Lord, and He gave us the strength to carry on. 
I think it was in February of 2020, about five months after the accident, Anna began having episodes where she would become sweaty, clammy, and feverish with a pulse rate of 180. The night nurse became alarmed and had her admitted to the hospital. We learned the brain injury didn't allow her body to regulate and the episodes were the result. The doctor on call decided to do a brain scan to discern how much damage had been done in the accident. Christy was at the hospital when the doctor came in with the brain scan report. It was a terrible blow. There was not any cognitive activity above the brain stem. The only reason she was alive was the activity of the brain stem. The doctor of infectious diseases came in and told us she would continue to deteriorate. Her physical state would cause infection and disease to plague her body. He told us that she probably would not last through the end of the year. After a lot of conversation and prayer, Chrissy decided to place her in hospice. COVID had begun to raise its ugly head, and she was concerned Anna would contract it. Three weeks later, our Anna went home to be with the Lord. A usual question in situations like this is, how did you do it? We didn't. Our strength came from our trust in Jesus Christ. The definition of the word trust, according to Oxford languages, is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Relations have to be built on trust. We trust in Jesus Christ because of what he did for us. Realizing somebody gave up their life for you and your sin makes a great impact on your ability to trust. Don't get me wrong, we're not perfect. We allow ourselves to become weighed down with life and our trust is weakened. Not because he's not worthy of that trust, but because we have failed him. Then there is the day-to-day experience of seeing how worthy he is to be trusted. The more you trust, the more you trust. He is reliable. Prayer enabled us to have peace when we wanted to scream. When you have a relationship with someone, you need to communicate. It's the same with Jesus Christ. He knows what's going on, but wants us to talk to him about it. This helped relieve our anxieties. Having an established time of devotion is essential. Day by day, reading his word, we could see how to stay steady in our walk as we helped Anna. Friends and family helped provide both physical and emotional relief. We are so grateful to my sister Sheila and Brenda for all the help they provided. Another question is, can we be real with God? Let's look at the example of David in Psalm chapter 13, verse 2 in the NIV. 
How long must I wrestle with my thoughts, and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? David is frustrated and is looking for answers from God. As he progresses through the psalm, he finds the peace and joy he needs. Looking at the latter part of the chapter, of the same chapter of Psalm 13, 5 to 6. This is what David is saying now. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. This happens in the Psalms quite a bit. The psalmist is distressed, but by the time the end of the chapter comes, they're enjoying God's love and comfort. God's word is alive and able to get us through whatever situation we're in. So, is it all right to be up front with God? Yes, in a respectful way. Through communicating with him, he sees our willingness to listen and helps us in our vulnerability. He wants to know how we feel. What does God say about sorrow? 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 in the NIV. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. In these verses, God is comfort and wants us to come to him in our distress for peace and a comfort that nobody else can give. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 in the NIV Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. We are being told here that as believers in Jesus Christ, we have hope because we know we will see our loved ones again. Death is not the end. Because of this, we grieve in a different way. We grieve with God's hope. In conclusion, I don't want you to get the wrong picture. We grieved. We cried lots of tears. We still have moments of grief and always will because we love and miss Anna. The difference is we also want to have joy in our memories of her. The Lord gives us that joy and we are thankful. Anna is the reason I began this podcast. To share with you who are and have experienced these same moments. We want to remind you God offers hope and peace in these trials. I would love for you to tell me what questions you have or what subjects would help you. Remember, too, that grief and distress come in different packages. Loss of job and bad relationships are among these. This will help me know which direction to go. After all, this podcast is about you. Please leave these in the comments. 
In the next episode, we will be talking about trust. Please subscribe to From Lost to Hope to know what the following episodes would be.